Let's go. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me, as always, is Lou. Lou, two weeks in a row, you got me motivated with these song choices. This one happens to be my jam, and I had to do everything in my power to not break out in song there and embarrass us. I know. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners out there, uh, it was Juggernaut, uh, Dollar. Great song. Go check it out. Remake of Aloe Black, I Need a Dollar, just for anybody, any of those music connoisseurs out there. But Lou, that's not why we're here to talk music. Um, we got a lot to cover this evening, so let's not spend too much time on, on pleasantries. And I'd love to to jump right in. Yeah, I think the listeners know who, who Yeah, who they, I, I would think so at this point. Um, we're going to address some updates in the free agency market as we start to cover these teams. Um, things are obviously popping up like wildfire. Um, I think you and I both agree that these next few weeks are really going to be a bloodbath for a lot of teams as they have some difficult decisions to to address, specifically for those who need to uh, lower the cap, if you will. Um, but just to jump in, obviously tonight we're going to aim to cover the AFC and NFC North teams. Lou, I do think it's important to just kind of remind everybody that you know we're, we're focusing in on the free agency perspective only. There will be no unrealistic trade scenarios here. Maybe some slight foreshadowing um, into the draft for some of those obvious needs. I might give some teasers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, I'm not here to stop you. We're doing this <laughs> together. Um, but you know, as we go through these teams, obviously we want to talk about the team, the cap room, what are those positions of need, top free agents. And obviously, um, our favorite subject of all time is cap casualties, because quite honestly, there's going to be a lot for a lot of teams and some some names that I don't think people are really expecting. So I think we're going to start in the AFC North. Are we in agreement there? Yeah, listen, I'm really I'm ridiculously stoked to actually be doing this because it didn't uh, hit me till right now uh, doing this one. The first one, yeah, you go through the motions and what have you. But as I'm going through these teams, I'm thinking to myself, Holy shit, this is going to be a massacre. There will be blood, and there's going to be a, a boatload of talent out there in the free agency market within the next couple of weeks. I just can't believe the names that we're about to see. And I ju it just blows my mind on what's going to happen. This is going to be unprecedented, uh, you know. So I am ridiculously excited, and I just got my blood, uh, you know, flowing here. And uh, we're going to start with AFC, with AFC North with the Browns. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll echo there, Lou, is I had a lot of fun preparing for tonight's yes, show. Yes, exactly. So, um, I hope that comes across as we go through this. But you mentioned Browns are leading off. So, again, I won't get in your way. Let's have at it. Yeah, the Browns were a fun team to actually do a deep dive on. Uh, they had an estimated cap uh, salary space of about $20.2 million. It ranks them 11th in the league. And looking at their team and their salary cap uh, – Situation. I think the one word to describe their offseason this year is going to be flexibility, meaning this. They can add some complementary pieces to already talented team, or they can kind of retool and kind of get totally new players in there to really take advantage of perhaps the, 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 uh, the downfall of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So some of their top needs I noticed was edge rusher, uh, interior defensive line, linebacker, and uh, cornerback. <clears throat> uh, they have some impending free agents. Uh, Vernon Olivier, uh, he had a, he had a, he's the edge rusher for uh, out there in Cleveland. He had an up and down two years with Cleveland. His first year, he had a disappointing three and a half sacks. Last year, he actually bounced back though. He had nine sacks, but also suffered an Achilles injury at the age of uh, thirty. Yeah, it's a little dicey right there. So I could picture them between his injury history, recent in injury history, and uh, his inconsistent play. I can really see them possibly walking away from him, even though he did perform well last year. That Achilles for a 30-year-old is like me waking up at my age with a cranked shoulder that lasts for six months you, afterwards. You're so just I, no good to yourself or your wife. To anybody. Yeah. Lou, before you dive further into what I, I definitely want to call out is, I view this the same, but you mentioned like, hey, can they retool? I would do everything in my power to not retool this team. My notes are this team is really, really close and really, really competitive. This is an opportunity to trim some fat, 
But because of their cap room and some things that you and I are probably both going to talk about right now, I think they have ample opportunity to improve. So, again, I, I yeah. won't steal your show. I just wanted to throw that in there. No problem. Yeah. So the uh, next uh, free agent was Carl Joseph. He is serviceable safety that probably becomes expendable because of, because of the play of Ronnie Harrison last year at the strong safety position. Uh they don't really need to address that in that regard. So I think they just actually end up walking away from him. And then the next two players I think are interesting because they're younger role players that I think could actually turn into something a little bigger. Rashad Higgins, uh, he's a he's the wide receiver out there in Cleveland. He's a clutch big play wideout, uh, one given the chance. Every time Odell gets her or Jarvis Landry's banged up, you know, he basically shines. And he's like, oh, that's your opinion, Lou. No, Baker's uh, Baker Mayfield's passer rating when targeting uh, Higgins is 126.1. So obviously there's a connection there. He always makes that big clutch catch and what have you. And I don't think they should really walk away from him. I think uh, he actually can provide them some flexibility, like I stated before. Uh, what they can remove, they can actually get away from some of those contracts of the overpaid wide receivers that we're going to, I'm going to allude to in a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with Richard. When I turn on Odell tape, when I turn on Jarvis tape, I can't help but watch number 82 yeah, out there just, as well. Yeah. He's just solid player, young player, highlight reel type player, and I think more targets would benefit him. Yeah. Then you have Larry Onjunjabe. I hope I pronounced that correctly. That was very hard. I'm glad you took a stab at that yeah, because thank I you. wasn't. <laughs> uh, he's a durable interior defensive lineman that flashes and shows the ability to actually get to the passer. So he, that's where he excels at, but he's really regressed against the run. He's become somewhat of a liability. But I, once again, because he's young and he was raw coming out of college, I still think they should resign him. He won't be overly expensive. He'd be a good uh, depth uh, uh, resigning there. Who are the casualties? Some of the casualties, like I said, they have a lot of flexibility here, and this is where I'm probably gonna get a lot of flack. Not for me. From a lot of uh, either you know casual fans or even maybe Brown fans, they can turn this ro- roster over. And maybe I use the incorrect word and retool, but I'm gonna say improve. Uh, first one up there, I'm gonna you know start with the heavy hitter Odell Beckham. Listen, don't just focus on the name. Don't just look at the stat sheets. The offense feels clunky when this guy's on the field with the Browns. Uh, he has a high demand for the ball. I think his best days. <sighs> kind of behind him. So I actually think it would behoove the Browns to perhaps move away from him and save $15.7 million against the cap. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Uh, I also he's a head case too. So. Well, I, 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 I agree with you so wholeheartedly about how the offense just feels different when he's out there and not in a positive way. And I think this comes up oftentimes with superstars that are clamoring for the ball and are not fitting into the offense and just letting the play develop. And then the temper tantrums are thrown when you get on the sidelines. I didn't get my seven catches, my 100 yards, my two touchdowns. Um, I think it's time to. Yeah. Then Listen, let's say they want to keep Odell because he does provide big playability. There's another average wideout they have that they can save $11.5 million in cap, sa- in, uh, cap space. Uh, they can let Jarvis Landry walk this year. And uh, Wow. Yeah. And listen. They, wow. He's an average wideout. Name one thing that Landry does well. I just so I will go off of the statistics and stay solely on my eyeball test. I feel like he is a heartbeat for that offense. Clutch catch, clutch time. I know your argument's going to be he has twenty catches for sixty yards a game, right? But he Don't plays steal my close thunder. To, Don't steal he my plays thunder. close to the line of scrimmage. He bails his quarterback out, and in those moments, you need him. He's there, and he plays a physical brand of football that I think sets the tone for the Cleveland Browns on offense. Well, you know who I am. I will go to the stat sheet. Yes, Listen, he's not a big play wide receiver. He's not a yard after catch type of guy. He's a possession receiver that they're paying tr- over penny, overpaying him tremendously. Listen, he has a career average of 63 yards per game. Does that justify his $14 million cap number? No. Michael Gallup. Nelson Aguilar, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Marvin Jones, Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cooks all had more than his 840 yards last year. Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick, Curtis Samuel all had more catches than him last year. His long his long reception last year was 32 yards. He didn't have a catch over 40 yards last year on 101 targets in 15 games. Is that 14? Is that worth 14 million dollars to you? Well, geez, Lou, when you put it like that, I, don't, I I guess it's not, but I feel he is money better spent than OBJ is, my well, opinion. Well, yeah, but listen, you ha- this is a huge year with uh, a lot of, uh, I'm going to say a lot of 
options out there in the wide receiver market in the free agency. Okay. So they can improve upon that. I'll get into that later. Uh, and last but not least, David Njoku. He, he was a disapp- disappointing first-round wide receiver uh, tight end pick in 2017. He never really lived up to the hype. Now, listen, he's gifted athletically. I get that. But he just can't find a way to either stay on the field or consistently play. And with Austin Hooper, and they have, they have another young tight end out there in Harrison Bryant, who they love. Uh, I think they will move on from him and save about $6 million in that process as well. Okay. So the only one that I'll, I'll give you another – 11.5 million. I think Sheldon Richardson, it's time for him to go as well. And I just think, again, maybe it's an opportunity to get a little, little cheaper, a little bit younger, a little bit more rotational so I can focus the allocated spend mm-hmm. towards positions that I think will put me as a team um, over the top. So who do you have them going to? Because I definitely want to start getting into some yep. other teams here soon. So who do you have them going after? Listen, I think this team, what this team is missing, it's young. It's fun, it's exciting, it's competitive, but they're missing veteran leadership. So a lot of the players I'm going to be talking about right now uh, are going to t- I'm going to be touched upon are your veteran leaderships that perhaps going to actually help them get over the hump. First and foremost, we're looking at an interior defensive line or perhaps the edge. I thought J.J. Watt would have been like a realistic possibility there before he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. He would provide them versatility, firepower, and leadership on that young, talented Cleveland defense. Uh, in fact, it came out that the Browns and Colts both offered more to Watt than the Cardinals did. So they were serious contenders for him. So maybe now they move like to a plan B, like they pivot to a plan B, such as uh, Shaq Barrett, uh, because he actually might price himself out of Tampa Bay or maybe poach from a division rival like Carl Lawson if they don't spend on Barrett. Uh, yep. Listen, they really need to show up their, their run defense. So they also can look at Shelby Harris, the free agent from def- uh, Denver, who specializes in stopping the run. Uh, next, listen, if they're not going to get an edge rusher in the free agency this year, they can target the linebacker position. I think would makes too much sense there. Like I said, you're, I'm going to be poaching a lot of people from Tampa Bay because I don't know how they're going to pay everyone out there. Uh, Levante David, they have a young yep. group I- of like, linebackers, right? They need some leadership on that team to get them in the right spots and what have you. And I think that will be their swing for the fences. I'm not sure if it's a real possibility because if he stays there in Tampa Bay or not, they probably want him there, but they have so many other needs. I, I have them pushing the chips all in yeah. Levante David. And there's no reason that they shouldn't be. Again, this team to me is one or two pieces, mm-hmm. and he's a super pivotal piece. I'm going to put you on the spot because we definitely need to – jump into some new teams here because I know we could spend an hour on the Cleveland yeah. Browns. There's clearly a lot of excitement going on here. So if they move on from OBJ, if they move yes. on from Jarvis Landry, what do they do? Okay. Glad you said that. Why not Allen Robinson? Provides a different uh, uh, provides a different skill set than, I'm going to say, a Landry. Uh, he's, a, he's a big play, you know, end zone target, wide receiver. Yep. And like, listen, let's say they go, they actually transition. So this would be actually kind of fun. I'm not sure how realistic it would be because of the history there. But what about Juju Smith-Schuster? You'd be perfect with their running after the catchability and their RPO type of uh, offense out there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to defend Jarvis Landry for a moment. Oh I think I think Juju and he offer their complements of one another. Right? They're not they're not your deep threat. They're your. We talked about this when we were covering um, when I was talking about Juju being a great fit for like Miami or Washington, depending on who the quarterback was. They just play close to the line of scrimmage, both of them. I actually have them looking at like Chris Godwin if they move on from one of these guys. The only issue that I'm concerned that I have here is that we know what Godwin's going to cost. We know what Robinson's going to cost. And are you willing to put 18 to $20 million into a wide receiver right now? If I was putting that money into one of them, I'm actually probably a bigger fan of Godwin because I think he's a little bit more of the -the over-the-top guy for me just based on pure speed. Um, The one thing that I'll add and we definitely need to get on is you mentioned Ronnie Harrison and his play, which makes um, Carl Joseph expendable. I would love for them to be aggressive in the safety market and have like a three-headed monster back there and let the two two play themselves onto the field. I, I think very highly of Grant Delpit. I think he will be a good player in this mm-hmm. league. But I think someone like – the obvious ones are like Anthony Harris or Justin Simmons. But they, Yeah, they flirt with Harris last but year. But are you spending $14, $15 million a year on these guys when I think there is a better player out there who is younger in John Johnson who might cost half mm-hmm. of what those individuals cost? So that's where I'm putting my – I guess my feelers out Hey, is this guy interested in coming in into the North, et cetera? So I agree with you real quick, but one thing, look off of also for Patrick Peterson. I think they could maybe stick at safety and shore up the secondary by adding another cornerback outside of Denzel Ward. I just hate 
old corners who transition to safety. I, I don't know why. It's, it's just a personal the thing. Same. He could probably be a superstar at it. It's yep. just my own gut tells me that. All right. Let's move on. Who, because we, who we do we got next? Yeah. So really excited. Um, not really, but excited to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. We're staying in Ohio. Um, we are staying in Ohio. Thirty-seven million in cap, almost thirty-eight million. Um, that puts them at uh, seven overall in cap space. Twenty-eight free agents of their own. When I think about top needs, I'm thinking offensive line, defensive back, specific at the corner position, specifically right tackle on the O line, mm-hmm. and inside linebacker. Can I add one more? You can. Tight end. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't well, had a tight end forever. Makes sense when I talk about my cap casualties here in okay. a moment. Um, not that this person is an impact player, but it's one less yep. on the roster. But top free agents for me, Carl Lawson, 26 mm-hmm. years old, eight sack season. A.J. Green, that's more nostalgia than it is production, obviously, based on him being on the field as of late or lack thereof. But specifically at D-back, Mackenzie Alexander, William Jackson, Sean Williams at strong safety. And I even threw in the caveat here of John Ross at wide receiver. Again, names. Now you got to fill the gaps. I understand T. Higgins played lights out. I understand what Bo- Tyler Boyd brings to the table. But these, you need three wide receivers in the NFL in this day and age. Um, so cap casualties. Sorry, Bengal fans, but I think it's time to say goodbye to the Geno Atkins era. When mm-hmm. I see $12 million post-June 1, I have to take advantage of that. When I uh, Bobby Hart at right tackle. I see almost another $6 million in savings right now. CJ Uzoma, Uzuma, their tight end, that's $5 million. And I hate to even say this because I've just always been a fan of them, but Gio Bernard, that's $4 million. So when I add those up, that's $27 million in recognizable spend. So that puts me up to $64 million in cap room that I can go be really fun with. I can get you $4.3 more million. We'll Tra- get rid of Trey Hopkins, center out there. That whole offensive line was atrocious. No reason to keep bad yep. players. Um, I So in my commentary, I said offensive line is the number one need here. But I think there should be a fair assumption foreshadowing the draft that that's probably will be addressed with their first pick overall because quarterback's not the need. So mm-hmm. what's the next position you go to in a quarterback top-heavy draft? Um, but I think they need to be ag- aggressive on the defensive side of the ball, specifically at cornerback. Um, so when I'm thinking about the corners, they have to bring – either William Jackson or Mackenzie Alexander back for some continuity, my personal opinion. Um, you want somebody to pair up with Trey Waynes. You're not bringing both of them back, but you have to bring one of them. My preference would be to be William Jackson um, over Mackenzie Alexander. But with their cap room, that doesn't discourage them from targeting somebody like Desmond King, Mike Hilton, who's 27, you know, Shaquille Griffin, 26. We talked about Chidobia Awuzie last week um, for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think he's somebody who can line up opposite um, of Trey Waynes as well. Um, tackle, I think they have all the options open to them, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor Moton out of Carolina, Darrell Williams out of Buffalo, and you know, and then even in the interior, I guard is a need as well. So maybe. Joe Thune. I think what makes this a great opportunity for Cincinnati is when you look at the calorie, salary cap situations for most of these teams, in the top 10 is a significant thing in your favor this year. So but what they got to do, they really have to get one or two guys in free agency, to be honest with you, because they have to really totally revamp the offensive line. Bring Joe Thune back home. He's from Kettering, Ohio. He's less than an hour from. He grew up less than an hour away from that. Wow, st- doing your research, I know, right? Kettering, Ohio. So he's he lives. He grew up less than an hour away from that stadium. Bring him home. Bring him home. I'm I'm listen. I'm with it. He's on my list, right? Somebody that I'm targeting. Um, but this is not going to be the. This will be the second time, if not, you'll hear this multiple more times. But I do think they need to upgrade at the linebacker position. Yes, and. Again, with the cap space you have you have available, why are you not all in on Levante David? Mm-hmm. Like the Bengals aren't really that far off. They played in competitive games last year. You get another year with your all-world, you know, second-year quarterback at this point in time. T. Higgins evolved. If Mixon is back and healthy, like there's a lot of sexy pieces here, you know. And I think the defense is where they need to improve the most. And they, they need to do that. The other big, the big one for me is you have to find a way to bring Carl Lawson back to your, your edge game. I said it before, 26 years old, coming off an eight sack season. And realistically, he's going to cost you sub $10 million, which is not that much for an edge rusher. He, in hasn't, even, he hasn't even scratched the surface. I agree. Him, I agree. him and Jackson are both the future of that defense. 
Uh, kind of playing on what you said with the linebackers. Yes, Levante David is going to be everyone who needs a linebacker is their wet dream. But if they strike out, like you, you said. stole that from me last week talking about Dak Prescott to the New England Patriots, and I will die on that hill. (laughs) But if they do miss out on Levante David, K.J. Wright, or Matt Milano, or Jayon Brown could possibly, who excel both in uh, coverage, I think could be excellent options as well. That being said, don't front on their their linebackers. Akeem Davis-Gaither and Logan Wilson are both really young and really raw, but they do have a skill set athletically that I think can perhaps uh, really – you know, help help them uh, improve that line. That Why you're bringing back. these players along, it never hurts to have veteran leadership who is super talented and can work with them to be the upper echelon mm-hmm. at their position yep. in this league. And when you have the money to do it, because l- let's call it what it is. Next year, it's an even wash, right? Like everybody's clearing cap this yep. year. Everybody's going to be on the same playing field next year. You're restructuring your contracts accordingly. Take advantage of it now. Get this guy on your team. And if they outplay him, they outplay him, you know. But just Levante David is a savage, dude. He's just an absolute monster. I want him on my football team, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I have the ability to go do it, like, go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, You got anything else on, on the Bengals? Like, they're not the sexy talk of the town. Let's call it what it is. But but uh, go get Joe Burrow a tight end, for God's sakes. Yeah. Throw, yeah. your, throw, throw your cap in for Hunter Henry or John o. Smith. Those are the most popular names out there. Provide that safety valve. Why not? Yeah, and listen, shame on me for not that putting that out there. I just you need. I agree with when you have a young, talented quarterback. I think a tight end is equally as important They're because like it is that it, it's that safety. But like you said, it's that safety net, right? Yeah. Like there's seven, eight yards from the line of scrimmage all the time. You can find them as you get through your progression, and if you can find one that is a mismatch on the, you know, the will or the Sam, then you got to take advantage of yeah. it. All right, let's move on from Cincinnati. We made good time there. Um, Lou, who is up next for us in the AFC North? Uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens. They're at, they rank 13th in salary cap. With $18 million, their top needs are wide receiver, interior offensive line. Listen, that line hasn't been the same since Marshall Yanda retired, to be honest with you. And believe it or not, edge. That's definitely a big need. So, I have edge here, too, and we're going to talk about why in just a moment. Oh, yeah, we're going to yeah. do a deep dive in here. They're interesting. I'm going to go over that. Uh, impending free agents, Yannick Agakwe, he's 25 years old. It's a pair. It's a pair of uh, their most important free agents are a pair of edge rushers, Yannick Agakwe and Matt Juden. Yannick Agakwe and Agakwe is 25 years old. Last year, he had eight sacks, four forced fumbles between both Minnesota and Baltimore. PFF game and grade is 70. Every year, he seems to be good for about eight to ten sacks a year. Uh, some concerns though, does he even fit in their scheme? I feel like he's yeah. better with his hand on you know in the dirt. Agreed. Uh, he's also a complete liability against the run. And I feel like he kind of was distracted these last couple of years with his contract situation. Head wasn't in the game. Now we transition to Matt Juden, who's 28 years old. He's never had a double-digit sack season. Last year he had six sacks. His highest total he ever had was nine and a half back in 2019. Uh, last year he also graded out by PFF with a 59.4 grade, which is a little below average. Now so, uh, some cap casualties, Brandon Williams. He's a stud defensive tackle, but he's 32 years old. He's more of a nose tackle, right? They can save $14 million from him. Oh, no, sorry. His, his cap number is $14 million, and they can save Seven. $7.5 yeah. 7. in cap space. He's an aging yet still serviceable run-stuffing nose tackle. He graded out 67.2 by Pro Football Focus. And it's just how valuable is a one-dimensional nose tackle, especially when it's getting a little longer in the tooth. I think it's painful, but you got to walk away from it. Yeah, so I was nitpicking to find Brandon Williams as a cap casualty because yeah. I didn't. there was nobody else that was glaring. Exactly. I think they're a smart organization. They structure contracts right. Um, but I agree, edge is the most glaring need. I count four edge rushers coming off of this roster, potentially, from last year. Mm-hmm. Two very important names, one who I think can be in a very important name. One is an inevitable departure anyway, but that's a lot of depth to lose at a really important position. So I love Tyus Bowser. I think he's somebody that they should bring back, but I'm going to let you continue on how they're going to address these needs because I specifically want to chime in related to wide receiver and edge rusher as well. All right. You know what? Let's... I was actually going to start with wide receiver for t- potential targets, but he actually skipped to edge right now. Okay. 
Over the last couple of years, listen, Baltimore has prioritized the back end of their defense as opposed to their trenches. For example, in 2018, they let Zadarius Smith walk away. Now they're flirting with departing both Yannick Ngakwe and both Juden, right? They, but they do need to get younger and more explosive along the D-line. Campbell and Williams are both older, aging veterans that they need to replace. Listen, ideally, they would love Shaq Barrett. I think that would be a perfect fit, attacking I, I scheme. Totally right? agree. But once again, this is all falls upon does Tampa Bay somehow still acquire uh, keep him. They also can kick the tires on you know Melvin Ingram, Kyle Van Noy, who kind of fits in what they're trying to do. But I do, do think Van Noy will go back to the Patriots or maybe the Giants, side note, sidebar. Leonard Floyd's, and like I said, is another possibility. But this is the guy I really think ends up with Baltimore. Hashan Reddick. Bro, did you see my notes before this or I, something? I did not. I, like, I did not. Jesus. I, I'm going to call this out because we're never in agreement. Like yeah. we are literally in lockstep on yeah. this particular topic. Let me tell you what, what Reddick's had an interesting career. His first three and a half, three and a half years with uh, Arizona, he was awful, uh, mainly because they use him as an off off the ball linebacker. Last year they they switched him to the edge position, and he literally balled out with twelve and a half sacks. Hand Grant, in the dirt, hand in the dirt. Granted, though, five of those sacks did come against the Giants, but <laughs> that's someone they can get. For on the cheaper side of, for a uh, possible edge rusher that has a higher ceiling, I think that makes the most sense. He would be cheaper than re-signing any yes. of the two big star names that they're about to lose and and or Melvin Ingram and definitively Shaq Barrett, mm-hmm. right? Um, the only thing that I would add there, I think it they I think they need to bring one of them back, whether it's Yannick or whether it's Judon. I think they need to bring one of them back. I would say Judon, there's familiarity there. And a a famous man once said, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. I'm not (laughs) going to be the one to say that this time, but he is a very famous man who said that. Um, But they still have to add one more. Whether that's bringing um, Tyus Bowser back, who I think is a young, cheaper option, who just has a ton of athletic ability, in my opinion. Um, number one on my list was Hassan Reddick to go get. And then it was literally Melvin Ingram and then Shaq Barrett. So, again, I'm, I'm just chiming in because I feel like I need to hear my voice where you and I were literally saying the same yep. thing. And I'm in complete shock about that because we never say the same thing. So yeah. edge is important. Number one need for this team, because let's face it, they are a roster that is built to win right now, mm-hmm. specifically because of what they pay their quarterback. Yeah. Number one priority. So let's talk about wide receiver real quick before we jump to the next team. Yep. Uh, No secret that basically Lamar Jackson struggles when he throws outside the numbers. He's more productive when he targets the seams of the field. That's why uh, Andrews, the tight end out there, thrives in that offense. They need to get him help and add a new wrinkle for Lamar to actually make that offense a little more sophisticated, I would say. Now, there's two trains of thoughts of here that they can prioritize in free agency. Either A... They try to improve their weakness, and they get a receiver that excels on the on the boundary, such as an Allen Robinson or a Corey Davis, right? Or B, they say, you know what? Screw it. We're not going to do that. We're going to work within our strengths. Let's get a receiver that plays closer to the line of scrimmage, provides that yak, and that will be able to help out Lamar. Uh, we're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. Once again, that would be interesting. Yeah. The revenge tour would be a great narrative out there. Or Curtis Samuel, I'll say. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Curtis Samuel fan, um, just for the record. So let's let's address the obvious. Who's on the roster right now? Wide receiver Hollywood Brown and Devin Duvernay. Uh, I'm a I do like Hollywood Brown a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, Duvernay to me is they you know they force it to him to be a gadget player because he's got Olympic track speed, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. I have. Number one target here for them should be Corey Davis. Like that's literally what I have. Um, but I also think some other attractive pieces here might be Marvin Jones, Rashard yeah. Higgins. Um, I'm thinking a big play, third down, possession type wide receiver that I've seen do this time and time again, like Kendrick Bourne. Those are names that have the most appeal to me. I don't think they need to go get the superstar. Because I just don't think that's the way their offense is built. And I specifically don't think that the quarterback is built to do that, right? The, they need guys that can fit within the mold that are really good in, let's just call it, the the chaos, yeah. right? When a play breaks down and your quarterback is out there just scrambling or when Lamar Jackson's scrambling around, 
who's going to get open, who knows what the fire drill is, who knows how to get the sideline or just take one deep. And those are names that I think can do that. But I, I think agree. It, Corey Davis, I feel like is the real. Yeah, he's a headsy the, player. Yeah, you know, he's a target there. He's super talented, but he's a head. He's a heady guy, too. And I think that would bode him well um, in this offense. OK, next up. Wow. Lou, this I'm going to do my best to summarize this, but I might get out of control in this conversation. So we're talking about. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, some recent news this morning. I'll address that in a minute. But as of about like 11 a.m. this morning, they were almost 12 million over the cap, um, carrying a lot of dead money. They were 27th in cap space. They have 24 of their own free agents. But they did just restructure Ben to essentially be a one a one year deal that they can terminate at the end of this year, even though it looks like it's four or five years on paper. But what they did is they freed up 15 million in caps. So right now they're technically four million. Um, under the cap, which is primarily what I focus on in this equation, is how do they elude a a gentleman who is 39 years old with injury history that accounts for almost 23% of your cap space and has a cap number of like $44 million. Like you have to address that. And kudos, they did. Top needs for me, both tackles, running back, edge, wide receiver, and I would even say quarterback. Prior to this morning, wide receiver. I feel like they're fine at wide no, receiver. They I, got they got Claypool, Johnson, James Washington. And don't forget about the Steelers' tradition history. They do a great job of drafting wideouts. They Plax, do. Bron, uh, Martev, Martavis Bryant, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown. They're not going to sign a free agent receiver. I just think Juju's a loss for the way that they play Agreed. and the way the game that has evolved. And I don't think James Washington is the answer. He's a sports center highlight catch every once in a while. I do think highly of Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Chase Claypool has a ton of talent, but I he's still yet to get there for me, mm-hmm. right? Um, if Ben's coming back, he's coming back to win now, yes. right? Like he's not coming back to make money. He's coming back to win now. So let's give him some pieces if we can. Um, top free agents. Bud Dupree, mm. Avery Williamson, Alejandro Villanueva, Matt Feeler, Mike Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Sean Davis, Zach Banner. I could go how on many with star- this team. How many starters? A lot. A lot. Every every name that I just named is a starter. Yeah. That, that's gone, right? So this situation looked really bad a few hours ago when they were almost 12 million over the cap, and I just rattled off potentially eight or nine starters between both sides of the ball that aren't going to be here next year because they weren't in a position to bring them back. Ben helped them out. Some cap casualties to find money, Vince Williams. Marquise Pouncey due to retirement. So that's $8 million right there. Vince Williams is $4 million in savings. Eric Ebron, $6 million. Um, Steve, cornerback Steve Nelson, eight and a quarter. So if you add those up, that's $26 more million that I might be able to save. And, and you always do, so I'm sure you have one more to add that I left off always the list. Do. I'm a one-upper. Always remember that. So one up me, bro. Joe Hayden, 32 years old, $7 million in cast space uh, that they can save. Listen, he's still a productive vet. I get that. But this is a year that you're going to have to do some crazy things just to survive. I think what people are not understanding, that you're also have the draft coming up. You need 4 to $7 million to sign your free agent, your draft uh, class. Yeah. Let's, don't forget that, people. Yeah. And – as of right now, that's what they have. So they have to they get can creative. Of, they can do the draft class. That's yeah. about it. They need to get creative in restructuring people that they have equity yep. with at, at the organization. So my notes, again, prior to this afternoon were more. This starts with restructuring Ben. $41 million was the cap number, 22% of the cap, 39 years old. Can't cut him, right? Because you, yeah. you'd owe him way too much. Um, so obviously what I'm saying needed to get done, got done. So they're moving in the right direction. Um from an offensive tackle standpoint, Villanueva's got to go. He's getting old, not the same player he was, going to cost way too much money. You got to let him walk. You got to find a way to bring back uh, Zach Banner to solidify your right tackle position. And the reality is, is they're probably going to have to draft a left tackle. That's what it's going to come mm-hmm. down to. But if they're looking to shore that up right now, you're going to have to go with somebody a little bit older, a little bit less expensive, um, that is a veteran in this league that's going to cost you sub $10 million a year. And I think somebody like Kelvin Beecham from the Cardinals might be that guy. Um, for them. But I also think they need to target a center. So why not Austin Reader, you know, coming out of repeat Super Bowl performances, you know, sub 30 year old guy. He's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. I think they need to shore up that entire offensive line. It's sad. Both of those suggestions you made will not correct their deficiencies in establishing the run. They were awful last year. Now now they're going to get even worse. That's why, listen, I have James, James Conner's got to go. 
Like, I love the guy. I love his story. I love everything. They need to reinvent that backfield a little bit, too. But on edge. Bud Dupree, will agree, is gone. Um, you still got TJ Watt. You still got Stefan Tuitt, right? These help. But I think they need to be in the market for somebody like a Trey Hendrickson, coming off 26 years old, coming off a career year. Um, Romeo Okwara, 26 years old, coming out of Detroit, off of arguably his career year. Um Go get Tyus Bowser in division, 26 years old, out of Baltimore. I think these are guys that they can look at that aren't going to command the 15 to $20 million a year edge rusher to replace losing somebody like Bud Dupree on the opposite side of TJ Watt. Yeah, also look for Justin Houston. I can't believe Justin Houston is only 32 years old, but he's still playing at a high level. He had eight sacks last year. I feel like he's been playing he, in the league since I was in middle school. I feel like, yeah. And we're not young, though. <laughs> it's crazy. Also, uh, Pernod McPhee, that's another solid complimentary edge rusher. He's good when he's healthy, but that's his issue, the one healthy uh, yeah. stigma. So running back, I think this is a huge position of need. James Conner walks. Is your answer really Benny Snell and and, and Jalen no, Samuels? No. Listen, I like Benny. He played well, but he's not your guy. He's not going anywhere. So can we find somebody to compliment him? Is that Chris Carson? Like that bit. Is that Leonard Fournette? Playoff Lenny. Is that right? So these are the folks that they need to be looking at and to get some fresh blood into that backfield. Um, I have two other notes of people that are their own pending free agents that I think they need to be aggressive in bringing back. Cornerback Mike Hilton, you talked about, hey, if Joe Hayden's gone, this is a young guy, yeah. sub-30, with a a pretty spectacular skill set, if you ask me. He needs to be back. Um, and Avery Williamson, for whatever reason, I just love this man. I love watching his game in Tennessee. I love watching him with the Jets. I love watching him in Pittsburgh. I think he flies to the football. I think he'd be a great fit for a lot of people. If the terrible towels want to be fierce on defense, this is somebody you need to bring back. I know they get back Devin Bush. Nah, I know that's all what I was that. I know that. I know that. But you can never have too many stud linebackers that fly to the football. Yeah. So, you know, I agree with you. I just find it difficult. If they're cutting Vince Williams, I'm not sure how the hell they're going to afford Avery Williamson. I do like his game and all, but uh, I, th- I feel like they would probably think that getting Devin Bush back is would ha- make uh, Williamson expendable. I agree, but I just like Williamson, and I think he's somebody that would ex- continue to excel in that defense mm-hmm. because they've always just been a creative defense and getting their playmakers mm-hmm. to the ball, a la Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. Like these good defensive players excel in this defense. All right. So, so now we're switching gears. We're going to the NFC, right? Yeah, I would love to dive into the the NFC North. So let's get out of the black and blue division. Let's get into the, the NFC North, and let's – Lou, who's uh, first on our list? Uh, we got the Minnesota Vikings. They're ranked 23rd in ca- uh, salary cap space. With uh, They're over by $5 million. I couldn't believe when I was working on them, some of the things I was seeing with their roster and some of their needs. Their top needs are the trenches, especially specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I would add to an offense as well. but Well, yeah, well, I was going to say defense. interior defensive line, yeah. edge, and interior offensive line. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, so some of their impending, impending free agents uh, – they're all defensive free agents, but why bring them back last year? Because last year they were pretty porous defense, so I'm not sure why you'd bring them back. The one that's obvious that really sticks out is Anthony Harris. He's a 29-year-old free safety who is a very under, underrated safety. He excels in coverage, and he's a ball hawk. All right, 2018 and 2019 combined, he had nine total interceptions. He was coming, he's coming off the franchise tag, and last year there was rumors that they would tag him and trade him to a team, like we said before, the Cleveland Browns. That was like a rumor that, that was uh, being floated around last year. Uh, in addition, in 2020, he had a career high in tackles as well with 104. So he's a, he's a he's a he is a full uh, full fledged complete safety. That's the only one that comes off in my head. Anything for you? For biggest free agents? Yeah, impending free agents. Um, I have a few listed here, like Kyle Hinton at guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaleel Johnson at defensive line, just because I feel like they're they're about to lose a lot of defensive line depth. So they you got to find ways to to bring these back. Um, but who they who they cut in to free up some money? Because like you said, they're they're negative cap space yeah. right now. So some household names are actually going to be on the way out. Uh, recently, they, they it was reported that Kyle Rudolph, who thirty one year old tight end, they just got rid of him. Listen, every year it seemed like Rudolph was on was flirting with that. Ability to restructure his contract or get or get cut, it just made sense. So to be, I mean, honest. you have Irv Smith. You got to move on with this guy. Exactly. Last year, you know, Rudolph 
basically had career lows in yards and touchdowns. Irv Smith is the heir apparent. He's more explosive than Rudolph, provides a different skill set. And now they save $5 billion from moving on from Rudolph. In addition, you got Riley Reef. Now, this might be shocks on people. He's 32 years old. And he's played really well at left tackle. Uh, he kind of had a resurgence out there in Minnesota. Last year, he only allowed one sack and one pound, and also had only had one penalty. Uh, they've approached him numerous times to restructure his contract, take less money, but he actually held firm. He knows his position and his value. They can save $11.7 million. Why move on from a, a pretty good offensive tackle? Because this year in the draft, offensive tackle is extremely deep. Last but not least, Anthony Barr. $15 million for an off-the-ball Sam linebacker? Listen, I love Barr. I just don't think he fits in that defense. I think he, he would excel as an edge rusher on a 3-4 scheme. He's a good player, but the production just doesn't justify his cap number. The double-edged sword is here now. Yeah, they can save $7.2 million in cap space, but they're also going to incur $7.8 million in dead money. So, I, I think this is the problem a lot of teams are facing. Yep. I mean, they're going to have to overlook the dead money just to get the immediate savings and get creative on... Listen, the dead money exists this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, In most cases, it's not going to exist, exist next year, and that's important. I'll add one caveat about the Riley Reef. I agree with you. If he's not willing to restructure, I probably have to make a business decision. And I'm going to have to make that really soon because he's due $5 million by March uh, on March 19th. Yep. So I need to come to terms with what that's going to be because that's $5 million spent, $5 million lost that I don't recognize in that 11.8 in savings, right? So I need to make a decision um, now. The only other one that I'll add to that is Shamar Steven. There's another almost $4 million in savings right there. And again, these teams... They're going to have to make decisions they don't want to make. They just yep. have to get creative and they got to free up cap space. So... Now that we know what their needs are, now we know who's who's probably kicking rocks and, and pounding sand, what do they do? Well, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but a Mike Zimmer team needs to beef up its defense. They sure do. They, they absolutely do. So uh, first position of need is edge. They need a complimentary edge rusher outside Daniil Hunter, uh, but they're not going to be able to break the bank. They can look for reclamation projects like Judavid on Clowney, Olivier Vernon, or maybe Aldon Smith, or maybe Trey Henderson – Trey Hedrickson market is not as robust as he thinks it is. He kind of misplays his cards and has to settle, you know, at the end of free I, agency. I too have Trey as somebody that they should be yep. probably aggressively targeting. Yep. Uh interior defensive line, they need to beef up that middle, look for players like Shelby Harris, Sheldon Rankins, Kwan Short, the usual suspects, who are all stout against the run and shown flashes in tier pass rushers that won't break the bank because of injury history or what have you. Uh last but not least, the interior offensive line. Listen, mainly their left guard position. The Vikings, this is going to be a weird name for some people, but look for Ethan uh, Pochick, who went to Seattle, who was drafted by Seattle, right? But I feel like they misused his skill set. He's a fan- He's actually pretty athletic, and he's fantastic, and I think he'd be good in a zone scheme that they run. So I can picture him filling that need at left guard for them. Yeah, so I have some obvious suspect names here on the offensive side of the ball, sp- uh, specifically the line, Scherf, Th- uh, Thune, defense. We talked about Trey Hendrickson. I think Bud Dupree would be interesting for them. I know he's going to command a lot, but maybe coming off the injury and what have you, the market's not as hot, yeah. right, when teams don't have a lot to spend. So that might be a unique opportunity to capitalize. An outside name here that most people are not going to recognize is Kerry Heider. So 29 years old, eight and a half sacks last year. Um, in, a, in a tough division, and he's probably going to cost you like two to three million dollars a year, right? Like, so that's some nice D line depth you can add. Maybe there's an opportunity to reunite with Everson Griffin, right? These people might be cheaper, mm. and they are, I would say, depth pieces. The only thing that I can say is this is an update. They did just sign today um, defensive end Stephen Weatherly from Carolina for two point five million, right? That, so th- that means nothing. That's backup money. <laughs> that, that, that is backup money, but that is a depth piece, yeah. right? And that's what they need right now to shore up this defense a little bit. They they're not going to get superstars, so they better be really deep from a rotation standpoint. Mm-hmm. I got nothing to add on the Vikings. I don't All know right. if you have anything else you want to call out. No, let's go to the Windy City. My God, the Bears. <laughs> so we're with the Chicago Bears. Um, just over 200,000 in, in cap space. They're number 21 overall in cap space. They have 27 free agents of their own. To me, top needs, QB, wide receiver, offensive line, specifically nickelback on D, and defensive tackle. Top free agents, you know these names. Allen Robinson, uh, Mitch Trubisky, Cordero Patterson, 
to me, he's a gadget, does it all. I line him up in the backfield. I split him out. He's an amazing special teams player. To me, that's a significant piece when we're talking about all three phases, phases of the game. I can continue on. Deshaun Gibson, Artie Burns, that corner who sat out last year due to injury, but he's a he's a former first-round pick who's only 26 years old at, at, at defensive back. Mario Edwards, Roy Robertson-Harris. The reoccurring theme here is I am littering off defensive linemen as well, so they're getting really thin at this position. Cap casualties, Jimmy Graham, so long. It's been a pleasure, but that's $7 million that I get to recognize. reason why I'm calling out kind of my nickel back here is Buster Screen. That's 4.9 post uh, June 1 that I get to recognize. And then right tackle Bobby Massey. That's $8 million post June 1. And the not-so-popular opinion related to the Chicago Bears here, again, when I'm trying to free up money, is do I want to recognize $10.5 million in savings by um, cutting Akeem Hicks? Uh, that's, that's, listen, because that's, the, controver- that's controversial. The um, guy is a stud. Yes, I, he is. I, I love Hicks. He makes everyone better around him. He's great in run defense. He provides a tremendous amount of pressure up the middle. He's, he's durable. He's everything you want in interior defensive lineman. It, but they're going to have to, like you said before, teams are going to have to make decisions they're not going to wa- want to make. And 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 all the other teams are sitting out there salivating that have money because there's going to be people that become available that wouldn't ordinarily become available. And his name might be it. You know, they, they could get cued other ways and they can save other ways. But like that is a huge chunk of savings that I might be able to. Rec- I mean, listen, they still have um, Eddie Goldman, who's a monster on the defensive line as well. Um all right, so my commentary for this team is that this season literally centers around the quarterback and wide receiver and specifically upgrading those positions. They don't have a lot of cap. They're not drafting in the top 15. So that's why these cap casualties become a little bit more important because do I now get $30 million that I can go spend, which is going to prove to be a lot in this particular market. Quarterback, Nick Foles. We've talked about this during the QB carousel. I will die on this hill. I still think it is their best bet to bring Trubisky back for one more year. That'll probably cost seven to eight million dollars than running with Nick Foles. You will die on that hill. I know I will die on that hill, but to me, it makes logical sense. Um, they 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 can't be in the top market for anybody else. They don't have the draft assets. They don't have the players to trade. All their big names are, are free agents. Um, so I, I think that's the strategy. Because let's be honest, head coach, GM, they're not here next year. I think personally. Um, you could look; they could possibly be looking at a Winston or a Fitzmagic, but I really th- don't think their starting quarterback is a free agent right now. I think there's we're a. We're possible- not talking about trade scenarios. I'm just saying, Mariota, Bridgewater. Yeah, um, Russell again, Wilson. These are trade scenarios. Russell Wilson. None of this. Oh my God, Russell Wilson would not go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I hope he does. Um, wide receiver. Roster right now: Anthony Miller, Riley Ridley, Darnell Mooney. Did I say any names that impress you? Who? Yeah, exactly. So, what what is like number one priority? Can I find a way to bring Allen Robinson back by franchise tagging him? We know he doesn't want to be there. We know he doesn't want to play there. He wants a, he wants to play with an upgraded quarterback scenario, and he wants to test the market. He wants to go get paid, and another team is going to pay him more than the Chicago Bears are going to be willing to pay him. That's just the way the market works. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So pretty much. Listen, they have to find a, a, on an identity on offense. They allocate $60 million to their offensive side of the ball and $116 million on the defensive side of the ball. All right? So they need to get a quarterback, get some skill position players. And a player I also think that possibly be, makes sense for them on the wide receiver uh, standpoint, Sammy Watkins, being yep. a free agency, has some talent, but never really lived up to the hype. I, I'm thinking, do they go pay $67 million a year for a 33-year-old A.J. Green? Like, I don't know. You know, I think they, again, just like a lot of these teams, limited options. Like, you, they have to be aggressive with their own roster first to figure out what they, what is expendable to them, and that's going to dictate where they can go and play in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about uh, Massey being cut, right? There's only three guards on this entire roster. Like, they clearly need to upgrade there. But they're limited. It's a very unproven line. So I'm looking at like Matt Feeler. I'm looking at um, Daryl Williams, Rick Wagner. Do they re-sign Jermaine Effetti, who's a, who's going to be a free agent for them right now? These are opportunities for them to to improve or maintain some continuity. Uh, guards out there, John Feliciano, 
I know you'll know this name, but Forrest Lamp, you know, 27-year-old. Is he a reclamation project? DJ Fluker, 30 years old, coming out of Baltimore. Um, they're not in a position to grab the top names. So uh, this is the tiers they need to play in. Yeah, I also I want to throw Denzel Good's uh, name in there. He's an interesting option because for a guard because he excels in run blocking, which could that's probably going to be their identity on their offense, you know, with their – Start with their uh, stud running back in Montgomery because they have no identity whatsoever. So maybe they're going to be a conservative run-heavy offense. So Denzel Good would be actually a nice target there for the guard position. And the I have two final pieces. I'm looking at nickel and D tackle. So from the nickel, like we already talked about, Buster Screen is going to be a cap casualty. I think they can be aggressive here and go get the best nickel back in the entire league, and that's Kwan Williams. Yes, he's 30. He's probably going to cost you five to six million dollars a year, but I. Not to be redundant, he is the best nickelback in the game, and he is a ball hawk. He forces fumbles. He picks passes off. He comes up and tackles the ball carrier. A lot to like about him, and I think if I'm going to be aggressive on defense, that might be the person I'm going to be aggressive for. And then if you cut Hicks, you got to put you got to put somebody next to Eddie Goldman, right? Like you have to offset him some way. It's probably going to be approached by committee committee with like young cheap talent. But if you can create more cap flexibility, some unattractive names that are good players, again, DJ Jones, 26 years old, coming out of San Francisco, coming off an injury, eats up double teams. Like I, I think he fits that defense and what they're looking to do. So that's my piece uh, on the Bears. I think they, they got to get creative with their own roster before they can start addressing these needs. But I will echo my sentiment. The success of this offseason hinders on what they're doing at quarterback and what they're doing at wide receiver. I think they get crazy. Buckle up. So now we're going to go to the Detroit Lions. Uh, their uh, estimated salary cap space is negative $9 million, so they're $9 million over the threshold. They're ranked 23rd in the league. Looking at this team, my knee-jerk reaction and what I have in my notes is, what the hell did they spend their money on? I, could, I, I couldn't even believe Your it. Your guess is good as mine. <clears throat> so their top needs are wide receiver, edge, defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, safety. So every – literally every um, – you know, every division of, you know, the, like the line, the linebacker safety. Uh, for a defensive guru, Matt Patricia did an awful job of building up this defense. I was really shocked that it had no identity on the defensive side. The impending free agent, well, the elephant in the rule is Kenny Galladay. You know, the Lions need to resign him. I fully expect him to be back, by the way, whether it's an extension or slapping the tag on, which is probably That's more. probably more realistically yeah. the tag. Listen, I have a love affair for Kenny Galladay. He's a big playmaking wide out that can go up and get the ball, excels in contested catches, is a deep threat, really good at the red zone target. Uh, prior to 2020, he posted back-to-back 1,000-yard uh, yard seasons with 11 touchdowns in 2019. Even though last year he was banged up and didn't play that often, PFF gave him a grade in limited time of 81.6, which is pretty, percept- which is pretty impressive. Uh, some other uh, pending free agents, you got Marvin Jones. Listen. I'm sure they would like to have Marvin Jones back, but he's not going to be back. He recently stated that he wants to play for a contender, and the only thing that Detroit's really contending for is for a 2022 top three pick. So that basically eliminates them as a, a, a possible suitor. Everson Griffin, listen, this marriage never really materialized. I doubt there's any interest from Griffin, who's an aging player, or a team that's rebuilding either. So look for him to walk away as well. And this might be a slight controversial statement but Gerard Davis he's an underperforming underperforming first round pick that struggled mightily in coverage and during his career out there in Detroit the NFL's going away from these thumpers in the middle man so I look for them to really go more athletically in the middle of that defense so the two glaring names for me actually both play the linebacker position I agree with you Kenny Galladay that's, that's the biggest elephant in the room I do think he'll be back I think the tag is most likely but I'm also looking at Reggie Raglan and I'm looking at Jared Davis. Um, again, maybe it's more nostalgia with the names. And, you know, um, you, you mentioned Jared Davis being that first round pick for them. I think they need to find a way to bring one of them back. And then they need to go address linebacker in free agency. But who do you got for cap casualties? Well, well cap casualties are already ranked fourth in the league in dead money. So it's actually about to get worse. Uh, it just came out today. They released uh, Desmond Trufant, 30-year-old cornerback. He played awful last year. His PFF grade was 38.4. He only had one interception. He looked lost the whole season. Yeah, he yeah. was supposed to replace big play, big play Slay, and that was never going to He just happen. looked disinterested, yeah. to be honest with you. And listen, new Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn is going to want to 
the ability to bring in his own guides, especially in the back end, because that's where he specialized. He was, a, he was a former secondary coach. So not only did they move on from Desmond Trufant, I can picture them moving on from Justin Coleman, too, who's uh, another porous cornerback out there. $6 million in dead money, but they can save another $4.9 million with the cap. Okay. In addition, uh, Nicholas Williams, defensive tackle, is 31 years old. Yep. Uh, they'll save another $4.6 million there. He's just a subpar player, nothing to see there. Danny Shelton, 27-year-old. Listen, I know I'm, I was on the fence with this one because I know Dan Campbell is going into that mold. as a t- He likes tough son of a bitches and, and what have you. But that being said, and like Danny Shelton did do a lot of the grunt work for that defense, it's just they're, because of the cap situation they're currently in, he's probably going to have to go. And last but not least, Jared Goff, is the newly acquired, is going to have to uh, – restructure his contract i feel for them yeah he's, he's gonna have to i don't know if that actually will get done this year to be honest with you um because he doesn't have to right like mm-hmm. he they need him to but he doesn't have to agree to that um the only other one i'll add i'll give you five million more is uh jesse james the okay. tight end so that's post june one if you designate him post june one you get five million in savings again okay. these teams ha- I'm, I'm i'm beating a dead horse here but they have to get creative so with that creativity, with that loss, who are you targeting? Yeah, so so the theme here is going to be cheap layer, cheap labor uh, for players that flash in the careers but are inconsistent in either their play or their ability to stay on the field. Obviously, wide receiver is still a need. Now, listen, I know they signed Ty- Tyrell Williams. I actually like that signing because I think it fits the mold of what Jared Goff actually excels in. Yep. Listen, Tyrell Williams is fantastic pretty much because he plays closer to the line of scrimmage. So where he really makes his most bang for his buck is that yards after catch on drag routes, crossers, slants, and what have you. Jared Goff doesn't push the ball down the field, and I really feel like that can actually be a bailout option for Goff. So that being said, they still need many more wide receivers because there's, that's how thin they are. So look for players like Keelan Cole, Brashard Perryman, Rashard Higgins. That's been a popular name as well. Now on the on the defensive side, look, they're looking to uh, Campbell's trying to embrace this blue collar mentality. So look for Detroit to kick the tires on some lunchbox guys, pretty much like a Trey Hankins or a Trent Murphy, Tyus Bowser. And if they really want to splurge, maybe Trey Hendrickson. He does have some familiarity with Aaron Glenn and the Saints. Uh, at the second level position, uh, Alex Anzalone. Now, once again, he also has familiarity coming with uh, coming at New Orleans. He's good in coverage. He makes big plays. But just like college, he can't stay on the field. Uh, another linebacker they could look at is Raekwon McMillan, who's athletically gifted. But He's a special athlete, but it hasn't but all come together exactly. for him Exactly. And at, they need to get a couple cornerbacks. You're looking at your Darquez uh, Denard, Akilah Weatherspoon, Rasul Douglas. A.J. Bouye, I know you're high on him, but I'm not so much. I feel like his play has regressed over the last couple of years, but that could be pretty much a reclamation project right there for them. I'm higher on A.J. than maybe some of those other guys that you listed, and I think you're you're hitting on what we're going to see to be a common theme. If there's a new coach at a coordinator spot, at a position spot in this market, familiarity is going to be a common theme. Like who's somebody that I know can get up to speed quickly, get into the system and let's have some results right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. I really don't have a ton to add there. I would say the only thing is maybe they're looking at like Denzel Perryman, you know, um, Mm -hmm. at linebacker. Kerry Heider is another name that I would throw back in that I just threw in um, previously just because of what he'll cost. And he started with the Lions, right? That's where he started his career is an opportunity to bring him back, um, that sort of thing. So, I know we're getting up against the clock here, and we tried to save – let's just say we saved the best for last. Division winners. Division winners. um, Repeat NFC Conference Championship games. Um, The elephant in the room here is Go Pack Go, the Green Bay Packers. So right now, they are $11 over the cap. They're 26 overall in cap space. They have 26 free agents of their own. Top needs, to me, wide receiver, linebacker, which they have not invested in since like A.J. Hawk, um, defensive lineman, and running back. Some really big names here Mm -hmm. from a free agent standpoint. By the way, to cut you off, this is what blew my mind when I was talking about before. I can't believe what's going to happen in Green Bay, but go ahead. Yeah, I... As I was typing up my notes, the only thing I could think of was, 
holy shit, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even have a better way to put that. So you have center Corey Lindsley, running back Aaron Jones, cornerback Kevin King, running back Jamal Williams, tight end Robert Tunyon, wide receiver Alan Rizard. And I can continue to go. And then it gets even more glaring when we start talking about maybe some potential cap casualties here. So I got Preston Smith at 12 million post June 1. Linebacker Christian Kirksey, 5.6 million. MVS, Marquez Valdez Scantlin for anybody else, 2 million. Defense tackle Dean Lowry, 3.3. That's, that's like 22 million right there. Here's, here's what needs to happen. They need to find a way for Aaron Rodgers to agree with what Big Ben just did. There needs to be some sort of restructure of this contract. He accounts for, what was the one thing that we talked about, Lou? There's never been an NFL team to win the Super Bowl if their quarterback accounts for more than 15% of their salary cap. And I promise you, he counts for $40 million against the cap this year, which is 21% of their salary cap, and you're $11 million over the cap. With those names that are walking, right? Like, what do you do? What I really see is I don't I don't foresee them actually being aggressive in free agency at, at all. I mean, they've been to consecutive NFC championship games. They go as far as the quarterback takes them, right? Like, Aaron, this is Aaron Rodgers' team. And if he plays well, they play well. But they need to find a way to get him weapons and improve on the defensive side of the ball to get over the hump. But again, being redundant, the cap makes that feel like it's nearly impossible. I got to say, though, if you restructure Rodgers' deal, what is that saying about your first-round pick that they just made last year? I don't year? know why they made that first-round pick. Nobody knows why they made so that to motivate the quarterback. That's the only thing I can think of. That's neither here nor there. So if they restructure that deal, basically you're sticking with Rodgers for another two years. And you're – it just – it sounds like there's a tumultuous relationship there anyway. They're flirting with, uh, you know, getting divorced. So I don't know what they're going to do with Rodgers. I, I know. Again, Aaron Rodgers has to agree to this. And he's already saying, well, you drafted my replacement, so I'm going to take what money I can get from you. But if I want to win, because I've been really close for the last two years and I know that stings, I need to do something, right? I need to help my team out to help myself out. He seems spiteful. He doesn't talk to his family at I know, all. I know, so I you know, think I he's going to take don't a Don't even get discount? me start, started on him as an individual. <laughs> Um, they have to bring back Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones is honestly going to price himself out of the market, yep. but there needs to be continuity in that backfield in some capacity. Um, again, I don't see him. He's going to sign a big money contract somewhere. We, we're going to talk about some of those teams. It can't just be A.J. Dillon. So they, to me, the target here is Jamal Williams. Find a way to get him back. Wide receiver, number one priority for them should be go get Will Fuller. And this is why. MVS, Alan Lazard, these guys that I'm talking about that are free agents, they were meant to be that deep threat or help to mold them into that deep threat. Listen, Devontae Adams is a savage. He's all over the field. He's the safety blanket of this offense. Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers with somebody who can stretch the field the way that Will Fuller can? This is not a, the other scenarios we're talking about. Aaron Rodgers can throw the deep ball and throw it pretty damn well. And... If anybody's going to maximize his skill set, it's it's going to be number 12. Like, there's just no way around that. So I'm thinking if I'm making the investment, if I'm looking at the wide receiver market, I want somebody that I can throw the ball to 50 yards down the field in a straight line. I'm not sure if they'll be able to afford Fuller. I agree with you. Perfect fit. But if they have to go to more of like a no-frills type of uh, stretch, uh, wide receiver that stretches the field, Deshaun Jackson or T.Y. Hilton perhaps – or Kenny Stills. Those are players that that's yeah. pretty... They're more affordable. Exactly, exactly. I just think if I'm going to roll the dice, if I find ways to get creative and I free up money, that's where I, those those that's the basket I'm putting my eggs into. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to... I have this in a reverse order, but I want to address it. So tight end for me. I don't see any way that you can't bring back this guy, Robert Tunyon. You have to bring him back. It's imperative. That is the biggest free agent need I think that they, they have. Dude, he's 27 years old. He trains with a very specific dominant tight end in the league. They wear the same number. They have the same skill set. And he played his balls off last year. Like, you got to bring this guy back. Like, he had a fantastic rapport with Rodgers. With everything. He 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 blocked. He he caught passes. He caught touchdowns. Like, there to me, there's no way. And he's not going to cost you a ton. 
Like, I, I feel yeah. like he's going to cost you a couple million dollars, right? Like, I mean, and, and by a couple, maybe like three to five, somewhere in there. I think seven to eight. I, I don't know if it's going to get that out of control for him. Again, because it's resources from other teams and what they have. Mm. To me, linebacker is also a glaring need. Chris Barnes is the only player on this roster, and I have player in quotations. Like, somebody who, to me, is competent in the game of football and gets after the ball carrier, but he was banged up. Obviously, some sexy names are like Levante David, but you're not getting Levante yep. David. So maybe like Jayon Brown from Tennessee, 26 years old, good cover skills, mm-hmm. right, as a linebacker. You know, if you're looking for more of a thumper, maybe it is Denzel Perryman who's not going to cost you a lot of money um, or what some of these upper echelon individuals are going to cost to get to them. I think they need to pair somebody with Kenny Clark on the defensive line, somebody like Dalvin Tomlinson potentially. The outside name to me here. Shelby Harris, PFF ranked him eighth out of 125 defensive line, and I don't think he's garnishing the recognition that he deserves, which is going to lower his price tag. So I think that's an opportunity. And then the last thing, outlier scenario here, offensive tackle. I know we have Billy Turner. uh, We, I'm not, unless I'm not a Packers fan. I know they have Billy Turner on the roster, but how serious is that David Bakhtiari injury that happened at the end of the year? How does rehab go? I think you have to explore this position. And you're probably going to have to explore it in the draft, but you're going to have to allocate some resources there. Listen, they lost both. They're going to lose both uh, interior offensive linemen and um, Corey Lindsley and also um, like Lane, uh, Lane Taylor, right? So I actually can picture them kicking the, t- uh, the tires on two uh, free agents out there in Lo- Los Angeles, Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp. Feeney is a cheap replacement for Lindsley. He's very durable. He's played both guard spots, and last year he played center. Albeit, he's extremely mediocre at best, to be honest with you. Lamp finally showed up last year, the ability to stay healthy. Uh, but the issue was he had a very up and down uh, full, full full first year last year. So you really don't know what you're getting with him. But they I, that's another area of need, that interior offensive lineman, because they're losing two players from there. Yeah. I, I just – you, like I, had the same reaction when I was looking at this team, was just like, Wow. To me, it's a it's a pretty extreme scenario, just given where they are right now and where they could possibly tumble to if things aren't rectified, right? And again, I think we're in agreement that Robert Tunyon is a must-bring-back, but I also think we're in agreement that they have to find a way to get cute with Aaron Rodgers to spread some wealth out across this roster, or I'll go out on a limb and say they're not going to be back in the NFC Championship game next year if things don't change. Two things. How's this team getting better than it was last year? I don't think they can. Exactly. However, that being said, Packer fans, if you're looking for a silver lining, they play in the NFC North. Yeah, you're going to win your division. Yeah. Did the Lions scare you? No. We just we just bashed the Bears. We don't know what the hell's going on with them. Yep. The Vikings possibility. They that's a possibility. But listen, there's still a strong possibility because this is Aaron Rodgers' division that they do win the division. But how do they get to the Super Bowl? They can't get over that hump. And what we just outlined is there's not really a prime opportunity for them to get better. Staying stagnant is not going to get is not going to get them to the Super Bowl. Um, they, but again, there's just not the opportunity to get better. And I, I think I think they're I think they're in a little bit of trouble here. And, and again, losing people like. Aaron Jones, like he makes that offense go. You need running game. You he does everything for them. Um, he's just overlooked because it's Aaron Rodgers' offense. Point blank. Period. No other way to put that. I think what we're seeing, last but not least, is the start of the decline of these franchises, such as your Steelers, such as your Packers. These these blue chip franchises because of their aging quarterbacks, and they did not do a good job finding yep. the replacements, or they're still. They're, they're trying to save a marriage that you shouldn't save. So The heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers is not on this roster, and I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, no, um, yeah. Lou, I think that that's it for us. Yep. So, again, you're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. We'll be, Who do we got next, though? I was going to say, we'll be back in short order with uh, NFC, AFC South teams, and then shortly thereafter, we're going to get into the, the Western divisions to wrap us up. We'll have a free agency recap, and then it's our favorite time of the year, Lou. Christmas it's time. draft season. So appreciate you all listening. Hope everybody has a wonderful night.